is Wednesday, June 14th, 2023, and you're listening to episode number 16 of This Ain't Iowa, Volume 2. Everybody, thank you very much for uh, checking out uh, this brand new episode of This Ain't Iowa, uh, based on the novel Push by Sapphire. Uh, <laughs> a 15 year old movie <laughs> that reference. Is a that's a 15 year old reference. That's pretty good. Look who dusted off Precious. Uh, <laughs> Tony, we're recording a little bit late tonight, and I'm in a, a you know a wonderful mood because the Vegas Golden Knights have done it. They uh, they have won the Stanley Cup in impressive fashion tonight, uh, a big ass beatdown uh, in Game Five, and uh, and that's it. The second championship now uh, in uh, in the you know uh, the, the the past twelve months for a Vegas team, of course, the Las Vegas Aces, WNBA champions. Uh, last season, and then uh, and now the Golden Knights. Now, Some might Aces say those are equal. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Do the Aces count as a major sports championship? Not to say women's sport can't be a major championship, but the WNBA doesn't even seem to be the best female basketball league in the world. You know, I will say this. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned on the last show my my oldest daughter is a uh, is a cheerleader, so she went to like this little cheer camp, and like one of the perks of this cheer camp was that she got to go and like cheer at the halftime show of the Las Vegas Aces game uh, just this past Sunday. So, you know, we all went and we checked it out. And I have to say this. Uh, listen, I'm not a big WNBA guy, but I will say they're really good. And seeing them live in person is actually fairly impressive. Like they, they're professional athletes for yeah. sure. Now that's as far as I'm going to go as to the merits of the WNBA. But I will say it was really impressive. Like they are, they are excellent, and it was very impressive seeing seeing them live. I, I will say I, I find that for whatever reason, women's sport doesn't always translate well to TV. But watching it live, I agree with that. You all yeah. of a sudden realize that even at your peak, yeah, you're, you're not even close to these women. As far as ability goes, well, you may like have a little bit more that's... bulk. Um, like, and I'm not talking me. I'm talking us as in the general public here. Let's be clear. I, no, can't I, take... I like. I like how you're. I like how you're watching WNBA on TV and being like, probably could take. Oh come on! You can't say you're not deluded <laughs> enough to to think that as well. Think that as well. Jesus. Uh, hold Did on. You... I, I screwed up my I screwed up my mic for a second. All right, I'm back. Uh, Listen, uh, maybe maybe a younger, maybe as a younger man, I had those thoughts, which is hilarious because I was not a good athlete, nope. younger, older now than ever. Oh, uh, especially now. And uh, <laughs> you're way worse now. You're yep. not wrong about that. I, I mean, I exercise every day, but I mean, I whether or not you could call what I do working out is that's always, a that's a discussion for another day. It's always funny watching. There's a famous basketball player here in Australia. Won it. He was the first of the seven. We've just got a recent um, Aussie that got a championship ring in the NBA, Jack White, who might have played a whole total of 10 minutes this season for the Denver Nuggets. But the first player to ever win a ring was a guy called Andrew Gaze. Amazing basketball player back in his day. He's now 50 years old. Hasn't touched a basketball for a while because he does a lot of media work. And to watch him drivel is like watching any 50-year-old drivel that doesn't play sure. regular basketball. It's phenomenal to see how quickly the game's left him. Yeah, uh, it's it's weird. It's weird how when when uh, you don't do physical activity for a really long time, it doesn't really matter how good you were at it. You're yeah, just going to not be good at it. I, I know. It's, it's But you always imagine like... The thing was, Jordan could always beat anybody, even after he'd quit for two or three years. I don't think that was real, though. Jordan didn't really pick up a basketball in retirement. 
I know he's a freak, but even his skills would diminish to a point where I think he would really struggle taking on anybody in the NBA three years after he's left with no sort of practice, no daily routine. And even, I mean, listen, I used to just play a lot of like, just pick up basketball with my friends. So, you know, uh, quite a bit. And and I was never that good. I wasn't even like the best out of my, you know, not very good friends, but we used to play a lot and, uh, and you know, whatever I could, you know, I could, I could shoot a little bit. Uh, a few years ago, I joined this gym that actually had a, um, a court. And uh, so I'd go and listen, I was not at any point going to try and get a game. But if there was nobody on the court, I'd grab a ball and I'd just kind of shoot around. And I remember being able to hit three pointers like, you know, yeah, it, it didn't it wasn't hard. Not that I'd make every shot, but, I, you know, I could shoot them. Sometimes I'd miss. Sometimes I'd make shooting a three pointer. I mean, my first few I came up several feet short of the rim <laughs> and my shoulders hurting and I'm like, what is this regulation? Yeah, the rim uh, seems further so away yeah, even though I'm yeah, taller. It's higher and further back. Like, I don't know if there's been rule changes. I haven't followed everything, but this doesn't seem right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, it's a fucking nightmare. Anyway, listen, we're going to talk more about um, the Golden Knights and the Stanley Cup next week with Phobes because I'm pretty sure that motherfucker... <laughs> was at this game, was at the deciding game. I don't know. Listen, I don't know how it happens. Every now and then I'll get like a text message or a, or a, a something on social media like, how does Phobes have money? And I don't know. Asking Phobes where his money comes from is like asking Rando what he did in a day. You can't get a good answer. It's just like, ah, well, there's this and then there's this. And then, you know, he starts talking about Taco Bell and you're just like, all right, whatever. I don't know, man. I guess it's not my business, but it does seem crazy. Well, then the question I'm going to ask you, based on the information we've got, what's more sketchy, the way Phobes earns money or what Rando does in a day? Ooh. Based on what we know, which isn't a lot for both cases there. That's the thing. We don't know very much about either one of them. They're very mysterious. Uh, I don't, I got to be honest with you. That's almost a push for me. Like they're both equally like secretive and (laughs) sketchy. That's, that's a push. That's, mm. uh, Anyway, let's uh, let's move on. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And a big congratulations! I have to say, I really uh, I really got into watching um, the play, watching them in the playoffs this year. It was uh, it was something I, I took a lot of joy in, and uh, it was I was very happy to see him win it tonight. So congratulations to them. Now you've uh, been around yeah. other towns that have won championships. How did Vegas react to these couple of teams? Did the town actually embrace it like a? a any other town that you've been in, New York or Arizona, did, did they truly embrace it or was it something different because Vegas is a different town with so many um, transient um, people coming in from a bunch of different places and the franchises being so new? I got to tell you, uh, the Golden Knights were uh, – uh, one of the reasons that the Golden Knights were such a big deal when they moved here is because they were here to prove a point, right? They had been talking about franchises in Vegas forever. NBA was the first one. I mean, literally for like 20 years, they were talking about moving like the old Seattle Supersonics were ma- rumored to come to Vegas for a while. Like they, like they were really – but it always was the same thing. There's not enough of a local fan base. It's a transient town. It's a tourist town. Like, and so it was a proof of concept uh, when they when the Golden Knights when we got the Golden Knights and this town like fully embraced it. And it makes no sense. We're in the desert. It's a fucking million degrees. Uh, there's no history of hockey here. And uh, yeah, it, it, you know, it helps when on, you know, their first year they go to the Stanley Cup final. So that's helpful when they're good immediately. Uh, and then six years in, suddenly they, you know, they're hoisting the cup. So it, it has turned into Vegas is absolutely like a full on hockey town now. People love the Golden Knights um, and uh, they are in for, a you know, they got spoiled because the Raiders are terrible. The A's are a nightmare. If uh, if that ends up being final, which it looks like it's going to be, like that's ooh, they are in. Ooh. They are not going <laughs> to go to the World Series their first year. Um, like it's just you know it, it's going to be a lot of shit uh, after we've been spoiled with the Golden Knights. But yeah, it's fully embraced in this town. Um, everybody seems to love them, and uh, and I'm on board, man. I'm a, I'm a fan. Uh, you got anything uh, anything interesting happen to you these uh, these past couple of weeks? Anything you want to get into? No, like 
this is me. You, you, this never changes with me. I, I don't really do a lot. Let's be clear on that. But I tell you what, I have yeah. been inhaling media as I do from time to time. And do you know what sporting event is taking place at the moment? I will say it takes place in a part of the world that are big fans of this podcast per capita. Uh, I assume you uh, now it's got to be the Isle of Man, right? Yes. That's that's the only place where, yeah, we are an, a huge deal once again per capita. Uh, okay. <laughs> so can't stress that part of it enough. As long as you got the Isle of Man part correct. Was oh, it that weird motorcycle? Is it the yep. motorcycle racing? Yep, it is. I only know about the motorcycle racing because uh, when they uh, when when the Manx crew first came here, they uh, they brought some gifts. I actually asked them to bring me gifts. It was very tacky. I was, uh, but I, I was like, I listen. I never even heard of this place until I started this podcast. So, uh, you know, I, I just thought maybe they'd bring me a shirt or something. They brought me a lot, including Manx whiskey, which is I'm pretty sure lighter fluid, uh, yes. or at the very least moonshine. Like it's it's it was crystal clear. And it was the strongest shit ever. It took it took a while to drain that bottle of Manx because you couldn't have more than a little. Um, but uh, anyway, they brought me like a uh, a shirt of like their big motorcycle race, and uh, I used to wear it all the time. But right here, sort of in the sort of in the center chest, center upper chest, there was the the flag or the emblem of the Isle of Man. Three which legs of man. We've. Yeah, so it's three legs. So if you've if you've ever seen it, it literally looks like three legs that are bent at the knee, uh, and uh, which and is they're like in a, they're in, taking a knee. So right, and it's in a circle. But here's the thing: at a quick glance, it is strikingly close to a swastika. Yeah. So I would wear it, and like, yeah, people will double take. They're like, "Is this fucking okay?" Uh, I mean, it's still weird, but at least it's not a symbol of hate. And you do um, look strikingly yeah. close to a Nazi at times. Definitely not saying that you are one, but like if you were to pick a guy out of a lineup, you wouldn't be the last person picked as a Nazi. Just <laughs> if I was walking out of a if I was walking out of a Home Depot with like some tiki torches for my backyard, yep. people might think I was going to a rally. Sure. So uh, the Isle of Man's going on, and of course we've got more social media than we did back in the day. We've got YouTube. And you got TikTok. And some of the crazy footage you see on TikTok, it's just bonkers of these bikes going past at 200 miles an hour and people are hanging over the fence. And I, I mean fence not as in a motor circuit kind of fence, just somebody's front fence they're hanging over watching these <laughs> motorbikes go by. And so I started doing a bit of digging around and there's barely been a year in the hundred odd years that Oh, it might not be 100 years. It might be 75 or something years that this race has been run. But there's been at least, I think it's more now, I think there's been two killed this year already, 268 people killed during the event, which is just bonkers. <laughs> That's about three a year. You can't. And if that shit was happening in the United States, it would have been stopped already. They either they yes. either would have canceled the event or they would have figured out some kind of insane safety measures. Uh, but no, they, they just they're just like, well, price of doing business. Uh, and they just keep doing their fucking murder race. Well, uh, hey, you know year, what I watched? Six oh, people. Uh, six people last year. Now, and that's a combination, right? That's like. Riders, and then also probably fucking dumb ass spectators as well. well. I mean, that's a lot more rare, actually. Um, there's only been okay. three or four spectators killed in the entire running of the event. Still, for most motorsports, far to too me. many. But yeah. it's just bonkers. And there's only about 85 riders that take part every year because there are six different classes, but most of them ride in at least four of those different classes. They don't, the sidecars is a specialty event where you've you ride with a partner and one person's hanging off the side. That's just absolutely mental, um, the sidecars. But, yeah, when you've got 85 people max turning up to an event and last year six of those 85 got killed, I think the event needs to be looked at. I know they're yeah. the world's <laughs> oldest functioning democracy, but they're not functioning well. Oh, that's that's that just seems like a lot of death. Um, you know, Europe is, is a complete disaster as it is. You know what I watched? Listen, I know that you are, uh, 
you're sort of into cycling and stuff like that. I am yep. not, but you know, I, you know, I, I, I'm aware of the Tour de France. I, you know, whatever. So I decided to watch that Netflix uh, docu series on it, and it's. Uh, have you seen it? Have no, you checked I haven't. It out yet? I, I'm, I'm okay. planning so, to watch it in the run up to this year's running of the Tour de France. So it's 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 very good, and I mean, listen, I have a lot of respects for for cyclists. I, I I understand the endurance, the mental toughness. Like I get all of it. I just think it's uh, boring. I, I I don't I don't want to sit and watch dudes ride bikes, but I do respect how hard it is. I will say this documentary was really good. It does show like how gnarly that fucking event is. And uh, and how close these guys are riding at an insane speed, and so all of that. But the thing that was more surprising to me is that fucking fans can just walk out into the street and be like, "Go get them!" And like, what? Can somebody stop this fucking guy? This well, this drunken Spaniard who's been standing outside in the heat for seventeen hours. You you can't just let him walk out and shake his fist in the rider's face. Well, it, it always happens. There's always going to be incidents doing during the Tour de France, but you. I'm not sure whether they covered Alpe d'Huez, but Alpe d'Huez is a stage where people camp out on the stage for three to four days beforehand to get a spot, and it's just covered in people. It's just switchback after switchback after switchback. It's just crazy. But my point being is it's almost impossible to stop because it's not like you're going around on a circuit. This is a point-to-point race, and it's rare that they'll... Um, do any sort of circuits in the Tour de France. So they're covering anywhere from 100 and... <clears throat> let's, let's call it 110 miles up to 180 miles in a day. How do you put barricades up to stop people? And I know you say, oh, well, you just make them go around in a circuit. Well, that's not the Tour de France then. That's a criterium race. It's just the nature of the event. And they're pretty good at self-policing. We had a girl step out. A, a year or so ago, just looking at the camera and got absolutely nailed and somebody got taken out of the event that way. <laughs> it's just crazy. And that's a part of the sport. The fan interaction is a part of the sport. Sometimes the fans help in a, in a good way. They can be there to as, assist when there's an emergency, when there's a flat tyre. That's not as common these days. But it's normally always a negative thing, but you never know who's going to be affected. It could be a well-meaning fan that's been drinking French wine from the time they got up till the time the bikes come past and they just make a mess. The bigger issue, though, is not actually the human fans. It's the dogs. They cause fucking chaos. When people bring well, that's their the other dogs thing. to like, the race... Well, this is, this is exactly this, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Dogs should not be a fucking factor in, uh, you know, a race that is as big as the fucking Tour de France. <laughs> well, That's stupid. But then I hate it again. You don't have static cameras for the most part like you do with most other sporting events. These are either on motorbikes or in cars or in, in choppers. That's the main way. That's the other thing, the fucking cars. There's cars everywhere. There's... At one point, like, a driver can, like, you know, talk to his team, fucking holds on to the, the car's driving, he puts his hand on the car, he yep. cars, and I'm like, is he even cycling at this point? He's Marty McFly in it, just fucking getting dragged by this car. The, the whole thing just seems real ragtag. Yeah, if you're getting treated for an injury or your bike is malfunctioning, that's purely illegal. Otherwise, that's what's called a sticky bottle, and it's, it is illegal to do that. Uh, but we've had incidents in the past where cars, whether they be team cars or just with VIPs in the cars, actually take out cyclists. We had one year a car that put two cyclists through a barbed wire fence <laughs> through their incumbents. <laughs> I think it might have had uh, Silvio Berlusconi or one of the French presidents in the car, Jacques Chirac at the time, but still there's no excuse for like not seeing these two cyclists in front. It's their race. They're meant to have the whole road to themselves and you run up behind them and put them in a barbed wire fence. Just bonkers. Just, it doesn't, nothing, again, this just goes back to it. With motorcycles or bicycles, they just do not seem to have a grasp on how to do things properly over there. Um, anyway, listen, let's move on. I, uh, uh, you know, since last time just uh, you and I spoke, we, uh, you know, we got into that that topic, that woke topic, um, yep. and that actually created quite a quite a stir. 
um, on the uh, on the Discord, and it ended up being kind of what I thought, which is uh, I just asked like, what what is it? What does the word mean? And there is no definition of it, right? It just ends up being a lot of like, well, it's you know when snowflakes are crying about this, or when liberals are doing, that. and I'm just like, well, fine. Like I get the general concept. I get I get what. Um, fucking Ron DeSantis and, and the GOP uh, have been pushing. And that has seemed to become sort of the word. But my, my point is, it doesn't really, it, it still doesn't really mean anything. At its, at its core, it's like being more sensitive to, uh, to people uh, who might be uh, in marginalized groups. And you can't convince me that that's a shitty thing. Sorry. No. I get it. You want to be an asshole, that's fine. I, you can. I'm not saying it's against the law as long as you're not actively hurting somebody. But uh, it just, just you, you're being an asshole, right? Listen, I grew up in the 90s. It was a gnarly time. Um, you know, uh, the, the, the three biggest uh, words uh, said on the playground on any given day were gay, fag, retard. That's it. That was everything. And then when somebody was like, you know, uh, hey, that's fucked up. We're like, no, I'm not actually talking about like an actual gay or retard. Come on. <laughs> I'm just saying that someone who's stupid and does dumb things is a gay retard. Oh, actually, now that I say it out loud, that doesn't sound right. So I tend to not say those words anymore. I don't care if you do. Fine. Say it. Uh, but then don't be mad if someone's feelings get hurt or if someone gets upset like that's uh, spoon i think brought it up he's like brian i'm surprised that you as a comic aren't more upset about this and i'm like well first of all it's not a new thing nope like uh, political incorrectness which is the first version of woke that shit was going on in the 90s and people lost their shit about it then and uh, i gotta be honest with you like the only difference now is social media is a nightmare Yep. And every uh, every every gay retard uh, can uh, <laughs> can um, you know tweet when they get mad about something. As a comic, I, yeah, I, all right. I don't like it when any of my joke when anybody doesn't laugh at my jokes. That makes me mad. Yep. <laughs> In general, all right. Whether it's because it's offensive or, quite frankly, poorly written, poorly you know performed and not very funny, it doesn't matter what the reason is. Yeah, it's annoying to me, but. That's the deal. That's the price of admission. Yep. Well, I get to say what I want. You get to react what I want. I've always hated comics who get mad at the audience. Always. Yep. Right? They paid their money. They sat there. They didn't like what you said. Fucking figure it out. The Do it again for a different on. audience. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Just stop. It would always drive me nuts. So to me, that doesn't change. And it's not like comedy is under attack. I think that that's, uh, that's a lie. I mean... Bill Burr, certainly not uh, politically correct. He's killing no. it. Tim Dillon, killing it. Anthony Jeselnik, killing it. Like, you know, like I said, fucking Dave Chappelle is not canceled. He can sell out an arena in every major city in the world. Like, it, it just don't buy into it. This is not an attack on anything. Like, yeah. people are whiny. Yeah, you're right. They are whiny. Um, and that's annoying. But it's, so what? That's, the people, you know what, people pay their money, they can whine. Yeah. Whiny comes from everybody. Not just from the left or from the right. Comes from everybody. Everybody yeah. likes to whine. This is a convenient label for those on one side of the aisle. At least to where people that are using it. They're to the left of those people, more than likely. People that are sure. woke are to the left of wherever those people are. Doesn't mean they're actually left. Doesn't mean they're even good people or even sensitive people. They're just not as conservative as you. And that's really the issue with the word woke and the people that have a problem with it. They're just not willing to move. The world changes all the time, not just with comedy all the time. It's always changing. It's always going to be different. It's always going to push forward. Sometimes it's going to be more conservative, like America's <clears throat> Roe versus Wade and the Supreme Court. That changes all the time. You have to adapt, either make change or do something, but don't just fucking whine. That's lazy. And that's what the My, ta tag woke has become. It's a lazy attack. And, and I... I I get this part of it. Uh, I think a lot of people are annoyed because, uh, and this is absolutely happening. There is no discussion about this. There are, there is, there is a segment of people 
that are just looking for something to jump on a bandwagon about and bitch. I actually mentioned this. This is this happened like years and years and years ago. It was during the World Series, and there was some relief pitcher, okay? And uh, and he was having a really good series. Like, no one had really ever heard of him, and then, you know, he, he kind of caught fire in the playoffs, became unhittable, and uh, he ended up uh, just out of nowhere <clears throat> blowing up on social media because somebody, like, went back through the archives of, you know, his Twitter from the year the Twitter fucking started and found, you know, him when he was 17, you know, tweeted something about, like, you know, gay people or something like that, and then now he's 26 and pitching in the World Series, and people are losing their mind about it. Well, first of all, how much time do you have that you're like, hey, I wonder who this setup man for the Brewers is. Let me <laughs> let me go into his entire life story yep. and see if he maybe as a dumbass teenager ever said something uh, that was not OK. And so now this guy is like, you know, has to do, do a press conference to apologize for something he had said a decade earlier as a teenager. And, uh, and it just it didn't need to happen. So <clears throat> I agree that that I find stupid. Yeah. There are people. You know, and a lot of the stuff that people get outraged about, they're not outraged about. They just feel like, well, I should be. This seems like something that uh, that could spark outrage. So I want to be part of it. But I've got a little uh, I've got a little surprise for everybody. That's not just a snowflake liberal thing. Um, Here's so uh, another thing that Spoon mentioned was um, trans athletes competing in the sports that they're transitioning into. And and this really only happens one way, right? It's, uh, you know, biological males transitioning into females that are playing, you know, they're getting. Now, first of all, if you were to listen to conservative radio, you would think this is rampant, that it's happening across the board. It's really, it's really not. Um, But, but, uh, and, and as far as I've heard, and I'm sure, I'm sure these are not the only couple of cases, but the only two that I've really heard of were in swimming and in cycling. Those are the only two sports. Now, <clears throat> and there is a third of which I'll get to. But he- here's my point. People that are mad about this don't give a shit about swimming or cycling. I promise you. All right. These yep. are, you know, these are, these are football loving folks, uh, baseball loving folks. They don't care. Maybe they'll watch it during the Olympics. Maybe, but they don't care about swimming. Right. Yep. But again, this is, this is their thing. This is their version of whatever, you know, mean speak is happening on, on the other side. This is their version of it. Oh, well, uh, we can't let this happen. What about the poor, uh, you know, lady swimmers, you don't care about lady swimmers. You never have. You just want something to get mad about. And this is your thing. This is your thing. Yep. And the other sport that I can think of, which is even more niche than the other two, was in the Olympics, which I think the Olympic rules are changing and adapting. Because as I said, things change, things evolve, thing, rules around and, and they should. athletes I, will change. And I, yeah, and I, I'll say that also. I think I, I actually think that there's a point to be made there. Uh, I, I don't know what the answer is, but I think that there is a point, you know, where where we've got to figure a few things out. And I don't think they're there yet. No. But anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. But the other sport was weightlifting. And who, oh, sure, who sure, has sure, sure, even sure, yeah. watched any weightlifting, even during Nobody. the Like, <laughs> there's probably about 10 people on the earth in any one given weight class. And yes, it's probably going to be a disadvantage if one of those weight classes has a trans athlete from New Zealand in it. Big fucking deal. Nobody gave, gives a fuck about the sport. Nobody funds the sport. Nobody has aspirations as a and young child. So the athletes in those sports do have a right to be upset, yes. right? It directly affects them. I get it. In the same way that, you know, maybe a trans person out in the world has a right to be upset about some, you know, shitty joke that somebody made because, you know, and, and everybody gets to laugh at their expense because they're actually going through a really shitty time. So those those groups have a right to be upset. You can argue that everybody else shouldn't, and I can argue the same thing about, you know, weight, you know, women's weightlifting, uh, you don't care about it. Stop pretending that you care about it. Yeah. Uh, anyway. And I will say, going back to comedy, people that work too safe, nobody gets, nobody thinks that um, they're not being funny because the world out there is too harsh on them. Their material is just bad. Same as anybody that hasn't updated their material in the past three years. 
it's moving faster than it ever did. So you can't run a set from ten years ago. I'm sure there's stuff in your sets oh, from I mean, fifteen years ago that. <laughs> yeah, let's let's not say we can't do stuff from ten years ago. I'm actually can't uh, do all the stuff. Uh, all the stuff. All right. No I've, I've, written a few, I've, written, I've written a few new bits, but uh, I'm going to be doing an hour in Kingman next month. <laughs> I exclusively perform in towns where nobody goes. But if you find yourself uh, getting your tires changed in Kingman uh, on July 13th, come pop in and see me uh, see me talk for an hour. And well, uh, yes, some of it will be 10 years old, but I also have at least 20 minutes that has been written within the past calendar year if you do need uh, me to email you a zipper shirt so it arrives in time so you can still do really the do. zipper shirt bit uh let me know because i, I do have one in my wardrobe i've never uh, i've never really gotten an opener that was better than that one so sure um <clears throat> anyway oh and the, so the last this is the last thing i'll mention of it so you know we talked about the whole bud light thing on you know last month this month it what was target right yeah the target thing is the is the by the way Amazing. Uh, here's let me. Uh, first of all, let me let me just say, if you didn't on, notice, this second, is not. Brian, you you've bumped your microphone, or you've done something. It's gone really, really fuzzy. Nope. Nope. Talking like a first, robot. Yep. Right, hold on. That's better. What did I? What did you right. do? You know, in the it old was days, getting they used worked to edit up. this stuff out, but we're just rolling with it. No, this just let it go. It's fine. Uh, people need to know how the this sausage is. This is a fucking is, woke is... lefties just trying to silence us. That's what Alex Jones actually fucking, says when he has a technical it's issue. My fuck, it's my woke microphone. Yeah, it did. My woke microphone doesn't yeah, want to. The Blue Corporation like is trying to silence Brian Malika. Um, so. This is not a new thing that Target just started doing. All right, Target's been doing this for years. And there's a specific reason I know that, all right? So uh, Pride Month, as most of you know, is June, the same month as Father's Day. Now, there is a Target right by my house where like, my family is fucking, we're involved with Target. It's right, right around the corner. So every year when Father's Day rolls around, my wife will take our girls and she'll, they'll turn them loose in Target. And, like, they can pick out whatever gifts they want for me for Father's Day. My youngest daughter loves rainbows. It's her favorite fucking thing. She loves rainbows. I've gotten fucking pride shirts. I've, I got socks that say love is love on the side of them. Like, every year I seem to get something from the pride, like, you know, display. Uh, and my reaction, this may be shocking to everybody, is nothing. I say thank you. I love it. And I give her a kiss. And I wear my pride socks that day. Like, I, who could be upset? And, and just, and again, if you're not familiar with Target, uh, they don't, for the month of June, turn Target into a gay bathhouse. That is not what's happening. Really? What it, it is, is a, it's, a, it's a Target, and then there's this one place where they have a display, and you can buy a shirt or a mug uh, or socks or whatever. That's it. So this has been going on forever, and then people get upset, and I got to tell you, like, again, I said this last time, if you're mad because a store um, for one month puts up a display... Where, you know, people can, you know, buy things that might make someone in their life happy. Fine. Just, you're a bigot. There's, there's not another, there's not another reason. It's not go woke, go broke. No, you're, you're being, you're being an asshole. Don't go there. You don't have to go there. I don't care. Target's doing fine. And they're going to do fine without your business. But, uh, but just stop pretending. So much. Yeah, stop, stop pretending that like. This is some sort of stand you're taking. It's not. You're just, you're, you're kind of shitty. You're just kind of shitty. Two points. Um, what is going on in the Target uh, book section during Pride Month? That's what I want to know. Since Borders Out of Business can say, uh, ex-guest host of this show, pop in and have some fun in a Target book section like he used to in, say, a, a Borders. A Borders, maybe. That's maybe. a fair question. Maybe. And I haven't, you know. And do you ever think your Father's Day gifts, mm. they're a perfect opportunity to re-gift for Mother's Day? <laughs> Why didn't I think of that? That's actually brilliant. And here's me walking around with my equality shirt on. Just pop that over to mom. <laughs> um, now, there are some things, I will admit, that I miss from sort of the quote-unquote non-woke era of time. Uh, every now and then I'll just think about like stuff from when we were younger that just could never happen right now. This was a show that popped on. It must have been, oh man, right around 2000. Uh, 
maybe 1999, 2000, something like that. The show was called Are You Hot? Okay. Oh, I think I remember this. By, and this is not some like show that was buried on MTV, like with a bunch of bro. No, this was like fucking NBC. This was network television. All right. Uh, and it was uh, there was three judges and I don't remember two of them, but one of them was actor and sex symbol Lorenzo Lamas. And he was the best. Now, essentially, the show was uh, it would start out with a speed round where just Attractive people would walk out from behind a curtain, uh, either like in bikinis if they're women or, you know, no shirt if they're guys. They would walk out and then the judges would immediately either hit hot or not. Right. And if if two out of three said you were hot, you move to the next round. And if they said you were not, then you just you were off the show immediately. Okay, And so it would start that way. And then uh, once they whittled it down, then then they would come out and they would take a better look at you. And the best part of this was uh, Lorenzo Lamas didn't give a fuck. Like, he was from another era. He was a sex symbol from, like, the early 80s, where it was real gung-ho. And uh, first off, he had a laser pointer that he called the Flaw Finder. And he would be like, there would be like this, uh, you know, like beautiful woman standing in front of him. And then he'd like go to like her upper thigh. He's like, we're not getting enough of a thigh gap right here. And he'd like laser pointed. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Another another time, a Hispanic contestant was standing in front of him. And he said, and I quote, I've got a burrito cooking south of the border. (laughs) miss that that was amazing and uh and listen i get it like it was shitty like it was a gross show but if you can't watch it and just like appreciate what a mess it is then like i miss that i miss things that that were sure they were offensive but like can you also appreciate them for just the level of disaster that they are i'm laughing at lorenzo lamas i'm not like yeah good eye fat bitch get out of here like nobody thought that these were like the most exceptionally beautiful people that have ever existed walking across the stage but it's this fact that this guy with like clearly like dyed hair possibly plugs at that point uh is sitting here with a laser pointer like oh i think you might, your tits might be uneven like that's amazing and i yep. do miss that shows like that kind of just can't exist anymore yeah that that is a pity we had a, a not a similar show, very different premise, but a show called Man Oh Man. I think the UK had a version. I think it was originally a German um, show. It was a terrible um, train wreck of a show, um, completely offensive, couldn't be done today. And I, I, I love the fact that we had the opportunity to do it back then and it's not going to take place now. But that brings me to my other question in the fact that things are changing. How do we look at shows that can't be on now when we look back at them, say, at YouTube or you show your kids something? Because we've got a cartoon character called Agro. And what he was getting away with on television, you couldn't now get away with even on an adult show. It was offensive sort of things. But you look back on it fondly because there was no malice to it. How how do you view things now that took place in the past do you put a modern lens on them or do you just say oh that was fun back in the day pity my kids won't get to experience that i think you have to i think you have to just say like yeah look this shit this is the way it happened uh it was what it was going back in time I, i i do find that to be a complete waste of time going back in time and trying to like pretend that shit didn't happen uh, or, you know, that it's horrendous. Like, it, it, it was of its time, right? At some point, we're going to... Listen, <laughs> I did 800 episodes of a show called This Ain't Iowa. I'm a pretty soft-hearted, liberal, progressive guy. I promise you, you could find several hours of me saying horrendous shit. Yep. Promise. Promise. Uh, so it's just it's just sort of the way, you know, it's the way it goes. Um, I've uh, You know, I used to say all the time, like, I grew up like watching the old school Tom and Jerry cartoons. They're the most racist thing that ever. Forget about the violence. The violence was the best part of the show. 
Uh, but yeah, like when the like dynamite would blow up next to Tom and he would like his whole body would turn black and he would immediately go into like this mammy voice. And you're just like, oh, Jesus yeah. Christ, like, I don't know if that <laughs> should be cool. That's not we shouldn't do that. Right. But and that's and that's the thing. Like, I don't look at those things and get mad. Yep. I look at them and, and, and think they're funny. And uh, and, you know, and I put it in the context of where it was. But there are people that get mad for two reasons. One, that it ever existed and they want to somehow like, you know, pretend it never did and and, and take it, uh, you know, make sure that it's never seen again. I don't think that's right. And then there's other people that are like, well, that's uh, we should still have shit like that. Also, we shouldn't like it's okay to realize like, yeah, you know what? Some stuff's not that cool anymore. It existed. You know, if you want to see what it was like back then, that's totally fine. But uh, yeah, it it doesn't it doesn't change the fact that some stuff's got to some stuff (laughs) you got to you got to change a little bit. Yeah. And if you don't fine, do it. But then don't whine when people are mad. You know, they're going to be mad. So um, there's a show I'm kind of mad about and it's not an old show. This is a deep cut. I don't know that any other person has ever seen this show, and I haven't seen a lot of it, but are you familiar with the program? Is it Below Deck? I one of am, the Below Deck franchises? No. It, oh. This one is I Am Shauna Ray. Have you heard of that show? Who? No. What? Okay. This is interesting. So, first of all, it's on TLC, which I love that TLC stands for the Learning Channel. Travel like, as and a guy, Learning Channel. Yeah. As a guy who's old enough to remember when cable like first started out when these networks actually had like a theme like bravo was called bravo because they used to show fucking operas on bravo what i didn't know that yeah, no a million percent it was the most boring channel ever like it was operas and just all this like old artsy shit and i'm like nobody ever watched bravo now it's exclusively like housewives and people fucking on boats um, but they still call it Bravo. I think now they added maybe like an exclamation point or they took the exclamation point out. I think it used to have one. But wouldn't but you anyway. be more likely to applaud that than an opera? People fucking on boats? Yes, stealing it's, a better, on boats? It's, it's a better channel now. <laughs> I'm just saying, I love that they're just like, no need to update it or change it. We're just going to phase out the opera <laughs> and put in women snatching wigs. Uh but yeah, so and then now TLC, which used to have like shows about gardening and travel, uh, you know, around the globe is now exclusively like little people, morbidly obese people <laughs> like it's great. Uh, but anyway, so this I am Shauna Ray. It's about a young woman who has like the Emmanuel Lewis, the Webster disease, right, where she is. She just appears to be a child. She stopped growing uh, her like she's she did, she looks like a kid. Yep. Um but she's in her early 20s. And so the show's just kind of about her and like and and a lot of it is just what you would expect. Like she goes into a bar and they're like, "What the fuck? You you're 10. You're not allowed to be here." And she's like, "I just want a glass of wine." And they're like, "You're a child." So there's a lot of that and like her not being able to like get up on stools cuz she's small, but uh there's also this other through line which is, listen, she's a young woman. Uh she would like to be in a relationship. That, as you might imagine, is uncomfortable. So I, again, I don't, I don't watch it a lot, but I think at some point, like she did start dating a guy, and I immediately had like two equally conflicting opinions. The first one is arrest that man immediately. Yep, <laughs> like that guy wants to fuck kids, uh, and uh, that was my first thought. But then my second thought was like, well, this is not her fault. She didn't ask to be like no. this. Like she doesn't want to date a child. She's an adult. She wants to date an adult. She deserves to have it in her life. And then I started thinking like, well, maybe this is, did we find a pedophile loophole here? Is this a solution? You want to fuck kids. You want to fuck kids. Uh, we all know that that's not okay. No. Uh, but here's an adult that looks exactly like a kid. Uh, did everybody just win in this scenario? I just think you're slow to the party. This is just like the Rolls-Royce version of dwarfism porn. Because isn't that the whole reason for dwarfism porn? Okay, their features mm. are bloated and whatever else. But you can't tell me that you're into dwarfism <laughs> porn because you really like the personality or you're attracted to them because dwarves, 
I don't know whether you've seen them lately. Not that attractive. Because they're kind of small in stature. They're We're going to cancel you, Tony, with all your with all your your dwarf hating. I'm sorry. Um, I I, I apologise. It's just not my thing. I don't mean to yucky yum. If that's what you're into, again, that's a phrase that I personally don't like. Just like woke, yucky yum. <laughs> not a phrase that I like to like. It's a phrase that I've I'm not heard. Revolting. It's, it's yuck. My yum is worse than moist. A nightmare. It's just yeah, gross. I've never heard it until three seconds ago when you just said it, and I'm fine to never hear it again. It's also <laughs> obviously going to be the title of this episode. But, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't. You know what? I don't know. I guess I've seen. I've seen. I've seen dwarf porn. And? Um, it's again. I mean, I didn't get my yum yucked off of it, but <laughs> it was. Uh, it was a weird. It's. It, you, you're right. Okay. It's not my thing i could see how someone could be into it they're very thick in the haunches if that is your thing uh you know who probably likes it bronies really ompers yeah i think that it's the same idea sort of the sort of thick thighs and haunches and skinny uh skinny calves never thought of it never i'm just saying there's got to be a way where we can take these people that are maybe on the on the fringes of society and match them up with people who are, you know, are. Uh, I tell you about the are hungry for a relationship, but can't get them because of you know whatever their physical, uh, you know, um, situation or, or you know might be. I think that I think that there's a way. I'm just saying, uh, if this dude is actually a pedophile and he finds this young woman in her early twenties, I am happy. That he found her, that they're together, yeah. and that he is not actually fucking a child. But on I don't the think I'm side, wrong on this. I, I, I think I think you're right, but I, I just think you're so slow to the party. We've already had a dating show about this. It was to call. It was called to catch a predator. Because all the actresses. Interesting in that, that you consider that to be a, a dating show. That's what you're using. Your analogy. I mean, Jesus Christ, Tony, a dating show. <laughs> Well, God, just is that, is that the takeaway you got from To Catch a Predator? You're like, man, what are, what are these da- Who's going to find love on these? Who are all these cock-blocking uh, detectives that keep messing up these dates? Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Christ. So I was just doing some Googling, and you can get her to uh, do a cameo. We could get her to do an intro for this show. $74. 74 seems high. Seems low. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know what? This is another weird loophole because she is an adult, but she looks like a child, so we could have her say some really disgusting things. <laughs> now, I let's just not, let's put this she... let's put this in the maybe let's put this in the maybe pile. Maybe pile? What, what yeah, about, I'm not opposed um, to this. What about Mark and Patty off the show? They're only $37 for a cameo. I don't know who's, are, that, are those her parents or something? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't go deep in, uh, in the I Am Shauna Ray mythology. I've, uh, I only know the, the part that makes me feel uh, a little bit weird inside. <laughs> now, um, I've just jumped onto the comedy section of um, Cameo. You're familiar with the okay. Cameo website. Sure. Uh-huh. I can name a couple. Brad Williams, of course. Okay, hold on. Let me. I'm gonna guess. You okay. you tell me. You tell me some names. I'm gonna see if I can guess their price. Now, Brad Williams. Uh, he's interestingly enough tying all of this together. A little person. Yep. Uh, very funny comic. He's had a couple specials. Uh, known in you know in the comedy world, but not a famous person outside of outside of it. I'm gonna say he's charging, but it's too much. I'm gonna say say eighty bucks. Way too low. Low, right? Way too low. low. $141. <laughs> I like when they, because uh, Cameo takes a cut. Yep. I like when they try to like, uh, like you know, add weird amounts to, to make what they get, like a nice round number. So it's $141. Uh, all right. Okay, um, give me another name. All right, okay. That's a good baseline. Somebody I, I, I recognize. Let's go with Tommy Chong. Okay, Tommy Chong. That dude's an icon. Obviously not super relevant today, but in his day was incredibly famous movie star. I'm going to say 
I mean, if Brad's 140, I'm going to say 250 for Tommy. A little high, 222. Okay, okay. All right, that makes sense. Now we're getting into um, people that I don't know. Well, well, there's a guy off, Colin off, whose line is it anyway? He's 150 Colin bucks. Mockery? Yep. I like Colin Mockery, but I, and I'm absolutely not. I also don't get uh, the, uh, like, I get the idea of Cameo. Right. So, yeah, yes. so you, you, if you, there's somebody you really like, you send them some money, they make a couple of bucks, you get a little personalized message. But these people are just cranking out like the same boring, like, you know, it's if, if you actually uh, have some kind of heat and you get enough people that you could make a living off essentially saying like the same 90 second uh, message over and over again, just replacing names, that's. That's pretty tasty, but it also makes me mad. Okay. All right, 150. Come on, Colin. Now, All right, go ahead. Then we've got two YouTube comedians. Maybe you know who these guys are, but I have no uh, idea who I'm they a, are. I'm already Robert I'm already Frank. Are you familiar with oh. Robert Frank? No. Ricky Berwick or Berwick? No. No. And How much are they charging? Just out of curiosity. Uh, I bet it's a lot. 126 and $59, respectively. Um Reginald Ballard, and it's got Dash Brahman. I don't know what Brahman is. Oh, God only knows. Um, what is the Brahman to? Brahman in the sitcom Martin and WB on the Bernie Mac, Mac show. So it was on the Bernie Mac show. All right. I liked that show, but well, how much is he charging? $58 is the cheapest one I've okay. seen on the first. Here's, but this is what I'm saying. So like people. I could almost, I could almost understand like, like YouTube people that doing this. Right. But, but also I can't like if, uh, listen, I'm not a famous person, but literally if anybody wanted me to record anything, I'd just be so happy that somebody gave a shit about me that I would just do it immediately. You know who's um, cheap? Surprisingly, Doug Benson. $73. Okay, Doug's a well-known. What's the most expensive one on there? What's the most... Uh, on the front page? Don't, don't tell me the amount. Yeah, don't tell me the amount, but just tell me tell me who it is that is the highest-priced person on there. Okay. I've, oh, well, he's actually a famous person. I'm going to exclude him because he's... No, no, no. I want to I know, if, if, even if they're real famous, for real. Okay. Because I, I want to try and get a sense for this. Joel McHale. Joel McHale. First of all, you want to talk about anything for a dollar. Joel McHale has had a very interesting career. He started off on the on the soup where he was great. He was great on the soup. Soup ends. He doesn't really know what to do with him, so he starts doing stand up <laughs> after the soup. It's not like he's a comic that worked his way up and got this break. Like he he got the show and then decided, well, do I do stand up comedy? He did that for a little bit. I don't think it was for him. And now he just shows up on stuff. If there's a game show, he'll be on it. Uh, he, like he will, and and motherfucker stays busy. I'll give him that. He he does not turn anything down. I'm gonna say, if Tommy Chong is two twenty two, I'm gonna say Joel McHale. I mean, five hundred dollars. That's crazy. Four hundred and seven. Jesus. But to Christ. me, the most, the more interesting point about this is it's when you drop down from your Joel McHale's into, like, a nostalgia act. So the next highest amount, I'm not going to tell you the amount, I'm going to tell you the guy's real name and see if you can work out who the fuck he is, John O'Hurley. Yes, I know who John O'Hurley is. He was probably the most famous for um, uh, Seinfeld. He played Putty on, uh, on Seinfeld. But he also, he's another dude who's had like a sneaky career because he actually was like the lead of a sitcom uh, for, am I thinking about the right guy? I don't know. I don't no, know John there's John, No, John O'Hurley. John O'Hurley, no, he's not putty. He played... Um, Jake Peterman. Peterman. Peterman, that's who it is. He, uh, he was like, uh, he hosted, I think, maybe the Family Feud for a while. Uh, and uh, he's just, he's a guy that, I think because he has like a really cool ass deep voice managed to sort of become, you know, uh, somewhat famous. But again, I mean, outside of Seinfeld and, and his short stint on, on family feud, I can't imagine. So 
been three. What's he three? You were cl- you close. He's two ninety five. Fuck. I'd give that to you. I don't eat. I don't get it, dude. I don't get it. Nope. Um, do I. Also want it. Also want it for myself. <laughs> that's a that's a bigger part of of what's bothering me here. So, what is your favorite reality show outside of this pedophile matchmaking reality show that you're into? Hmm. I guess I don't. I, uh, I guess I don't really know. I watch. Uh, you know. Every, well, hold on. Oh, well, I'm involved with like the 90 Day Fiance world. Okay. I'm, I'm involved in that. Uh, in, in that. Uh, 90 Day Fiance. Let's see if we can get anybody off 90 Day Fiance. Of course we can. Of course you can. Okay. Oh, there's a guy here. <laughs> he must be desperate. $13. Tom Brooks, 90 Day Fiance. I don't know who that is, but that's amazing. $13. Why bother? Big Ed is Big Ed the one. I bet he should Big be Ed's got to be more. the biggest one. He Big Ed's be. probably the most famous person in the 90 yep. Day Fiance universe. He's a bargain. We should literally get him on our show. Um, ah. At least a clip. Add it to the Jack. And what Johnson. is it, 120? 125? No, no way high. 87. What? Okay. Reach out to Big Ed. <laughs> I'm actually thinking about doing one extra show a month and having it be big. Uh, I'll pay. I'll pay the money. I'll pay the money. Once a month, he gets eighty-seven dollars. Uh, oh, that's amazing! All right, listen. This has been enough. It has. We've gone a lot of strange places uh, in uh, in today's uh, show. This is and a classic I'm f- Tony and Brian show. This is what we used to do back in the day. We would start yeah, googling stuff. Even- We've got older. It's now cameo rather than guess her mouth, but. Yeah. You know, and you know what's interesting is with all of the uh, stuff I started off talking about, about, you know, woke outrage and people need to get over it. As soon as you started reading cameo prices, I got mad. Uh, so I think I get it. I think this was a big full circle moment. <laughs> I get why people get hear things on the Internet and then just get mad at it. Because, um, man, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight knowing that, uh, that that's what some of these people are getting for their cameos. I just clicked. Uh, I, I can't work this out. Because... I love Taskmaster. Have you ever watched the English Taskmaster show? I've heard, I've heard of it. I've never, I've not seen it. Okay. So I clicked on that because that was a category in Cameo. First person that pops up. Oh, oh how do I give you a hint? He's a wrestler. And he's Santa Claus. Oh, is that uh, Mick Foley? Yep. That was the first person that popped up. Never had anything to do with anything to do with Taskmaster. Nope. So interestingly enough, again to bring this full circle, do you know who I believe? And I don't know if this is still true, but for a a time, do you know who the most expensive person on Cameo was? Can you guess? I'm looking at Ric Flair here. He was expensive. Is it Ric Flair? It's not Ric Flair. Hulk Hogan? Uh, it was. And, and again, maybe it is, maybe it's different now, but at one time, the highest paid person or the whatever, the, the most expensive, uh, you know, thing you could get on Cameo was Caitlyn Jenner. Really? And she, and literally she was charging like $2,000 for a message at one point. And again, that, that right. might be different now. Are they, is, is she on there still? I don't yeah, believe so. I'd be curious so. to know. I, um, she's off. I, I could put her name in, but she's not on the front page, so. Okay. Uh, so there you go. Uh, say what you will, but the most highest, uh, the highest paid person on Cameo is a transgender woman. Um, and a Republican. And, uh, <laughs> He's not particularly woke. Nothing makes me happier than listening or seeing Caitlyn Jenner post anti-pride and anti-trans stuff. It's my favorite. It's my favorite. I could read that shit forever. It's, uh, you know, that's why I'm not for banning hate speech on the internet. Because some of it just comes from the best people. Uh, 
Okay. All right. Listen. Let's uh, let's wrap it up, uh, everybody. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for kind of following this thread with us today. I know we went a lot of places, but uh, that's how it goes sometimes. Uh, Phobes next week we'll talk sports. I also have a couple of other things I want to chat with uh, with Phobes about. Um, so it should be a good show uh, next week, and then uh, yeah, and then of course a well deserved break <laughs> after three grueling shows this Absolutely. month. Absolutely. Uh, Right, Tony, I think that's it for me. Uh, any any parting words? Well, I just clicked on the uh, Father's Day favourites on Cameo. I'm going to just run through a couple. Ozzy Smith. Mm. Did you want a Cameo from Ozzy Smith for your Wizard? Father's Day? Wizard of Oz, no. What's he charging? Oh, he's an absolute bargain, 179 I think Pete Rose is more expensive. Yeah, he is. Of course Jeez, he is. Pete's got, Pete, yeah, Pete's got debts. What about Rick Harrison? I don't know who that is. From Porn Stars. You know Rick from Porn oh, Stars? Oh, Rick from Porn. Yeah, I've, I've eaten, I've performed at his barbecue restaurant. <laughs> I mean, can't. I mean, how much does he charge? How much could it possibly be? 150? No, $200? Oh, $150. Oh, he's, he's one that he's still charging way too much. And okay, he's five stars all the way. But James Murray. Oh, Murr. Murr. Come on. Come on. Uh, I mean, don't be a dick, Murr. Uh, he's got to be. And although, I mean, if Rick is charging 150 I mean, I'm going to say 175 for Murr. Way low, because he's five stars. He's the only person I've ever seen being five stars, because I think he's up for anything, as long as it's not. You know what? I bet you I bet you he at least put some effort into it. I yes. bet if you, how much is it? You're gonna get real mad. <laughs> he's not. He's like my fourth favorite on that show, by the way. But go ahead. Well, there's only three on the show these days. But oh, that's true. That's true. Joe's out. Yeah, yeah. three, three, sixty-nine. Oh. <laughs> so I have to fix my microphone because I'm getting upset. <laughs> oh, God damn it! I fucked up my mic. The show. I got to get a new wire. <laughs> oh, why is it so hard? 